Hey y'all, welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, the when, nope, Thursday, June 9th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, part one coming up in just one second. We've got a jam-packed three-part show for you guys today here on the Chase Thomas Podcast and the Blue Wire Pod Network. So thank you for making uh, the Chase Thomas Podcast here on the Blue Wire Pod Network part of your Thursday listening ship listenership i don't know what to say part of your routine i don't know let's see we'll figure it out Um, but either way thank you for uh checking out the pod today um and tuning in to part one here on the podcast we got locked on jays ben shulman to talk all things toronto blue jays uh their outfield spots uh the emergence of alejandro kirk uh, issues with the veterans, with Barrios and Ryu in the rotation, uh, what they might do this summer with their catching depth, um, how Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has done to this point this season after the kind of year he just had this previous season. Uh, all that and more uh, with Ben of Locked On Jays to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, look out for that. You can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Most Podcast, like and subscribe our videos, all that good stuff, all kinds of video clips, content, all that stuff over on our YouTube page. Type in the Chase Most Podcast and subscribe to us there. Uh, check out my sports writing. I wrote about the Braves last night and uh, their big win over the Athletics and uh, Ronald Acuna's two dinger night. So it will actually be 48 hours since uh, that game happened when this goes up. So, uh, But all kinds of great sports content and sports writing uh, over on sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, type in your email subscribe so you never miss any of my written content that would be greatly appreciated tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer and then of course uh email the program at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right part one here on the thursday edition of the chase thomas podcast coming up in just one second uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. Ben Shulman is here of Locked On Jays. Ben, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm doing well. Uh, the Blue Jays are playing well, and they just got their first back-to-back road <coughs> excuse me road shutout since 2015. So uh, it's it's pretty good week to be covering the Blue Jays for sure. Yeah, the Blue Jays are back. The Braves are back. It's uh, it's all good vibes for teams that uh, where their name starts to be is what we've learned here. <laughs> the Brewers are middling a little bit. That's but true. They're, they're still leading the division, so mm-hmm. can't, well, they can't just, get mad at that. I mean, hey, I respect the Brewers' commitment to just not having anyone with a uh, a good WRC plus atop their lineup at any point <laughs> and still finding ways to score eight runs and win the NL Central. It's, uh, it's a tradition unlike any other. We're like, we're going to be the complete antithesis of the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, <laughs> we're going to show you. So that's uh, Brewers baseball. Get excited. Uh, but we're not talking about the Brewers on this podcast. Um, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays, the team that you said is soaring. They've got, I think, a 97% chance of making the playoffs per fan graphs. They're right up there with the Yankees. Um, the Jays, we should also mention, have a 70% uh, chance of making the playoffs uh, if it started today. Um, but the Blue Jays, their season has gone really well. Obviously, last year did not end the way that uh, Jays fans had hoped, but uh behind the scenes a lot of folks were like okay yeah we're glad that the blue jays did not make the playoffs because they would have caused a lot of problems if that had been the case so it was like one of those things where it was it was a lot of teams were not sad that that did not did not happen but 
They are looking like a playoff team, but through what are what are we at? Sixty games, fifty something games. Fifty five for the Jays right now. Yeah, um, through fifty five games, has this season gone been kind of the way you anticipated for for Toronto? I would say probably not. Uh, it's been hmm. a really, I, I mean, wins and losses wise, yeah, you can't be mad at. I think they're on a ninety seven win pace and eleven up on five hundred. Uh, but they were very, very average to below average to start the year. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the shocker. They they weren't hitting at all. If you go look just at their scores from the first month, month and a half of the season, they really were a middling offensive team that was pitching really well, which is the opposite of what the Blue Jays kind of images to a lot of people. It's a team that scores a lot but probably needs more pitching. Recently, and kind of starting with their dismantling of the Angels, who have fallen apart since they swept them in the Mm four-game set, uh, they've started to hit like the Blue Jays, and that's what makes me really excited is now, you know, I know it's the Kansas City Royals, but it's a Major League Baseball team that you have scored, I think, 17 runs on and not allowed a run against in two games, and that's the potential of the Blue Jays and what we expected to see with you know the bolstered rotation and the bolstered bullpen and then obviously this offense is going to score yeah it's interesting because the two corner outfield spots are still not hitting you've got chapman who is still very much not hitting and then you found out that maybe kevin bgo is just a utility guy and not an everyday starter is that a fair characterization yeah, I would I would say so, but part of the reason we found that out is because Santiago Espinal is not a utility player and right. definitely a starter. So he, Kevin got hurt. I will say in Teoscar's defense, he got hurt as well, uh, and you know other people had to step up. and And yeah, Biggio is I think he's a good utility player because he plays first, third, uh, second, left, and right. So you can really use him. They need a left-handed bat, but yeah, he's probably more of a get in where he fits in type of guy. Uh, and then you. You know, the, the corner outfielders did not start the year well. They're both OPS is still in the 600s, but I don't have their May numbers in front of me, but they were a lot better than their April numbers, at least. So it's trending in the right direction. There you go. Um, who has been the biggest surprise this year for Toronto? Alejandro Kirk. Uh, hmm. Alejandro Kirk is... He's like a cold hero now in Toronto. Yeah. So, I mean, most people don't know he's 23. Uh, He's younger than Adley Rushman. He's younger than a lot of people who are prospects coming up right now. He's hitting 320 with an 878 OPS. He's the highest war catcher in the American League. Uh, Unless he completely tails off, I expect him to be an American League all-star this year. And you just, you wouldn't have expected that by the numbers, your best production hitter for the Blue Jays, 50 games in, like we're a third of the way into the year. It's not a 10 game sample size is Alejandro Kirk. Is he the best hitter on this team? No, it's probably George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. But Alejandro Kirk has hit as well as anyone has. So to me, he's been the biggest surprise. Was this coming, though, when y'all were going into the year? Like, was this something that he had in him that he could be this kind of masher this year? Like, was this like what was the the scouting report on Kirk before we saw all this? It, It was not fully this. I would say close to it. He's always been a really good contact guy. Mm. Uh, he benefit, you know, he's not tall. Uh, he's mm. he's shorter than I am, which is is saying something. So uh, he doesn't have a huge strike zone, which allows his you know high contact skills to flourish. But he's hitting uh, for more power. He's walking more than he struck out to start this year. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. 
Uh, and the, the big thing for him that didn't enable him to be an everyday player and hit to this potential before is that he was a minus defender. And mm. now he's arguably been a plus defender for the Blue Jays as a catcher. And if that's the case, then, then you know, the sky's the limit. And the crazy thing is Danny Jansen, their other main catcher who's been in and out of the lineup, uh, every time he's in the lineup, he's clubbing homers. And their top prospect, who probably should be called up by now, but they have nowhere to put him, is Gabriel Moreno, another catcher. So, so I think a lot do? of people – I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. I think you probably – you trade someone because you're not going to keep Moreno down uh, because he's cost controlled for six more years and you want to use that while you have mm. it. So I think, you know, Danny Jansen, who is a beloved player for the Blue Jays and a personal catcher to Hunjin Ryu, uh, could find himself on the trade block at some point uh, because. Well, it they, doesn't help that Ryu is not having a great year. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely doesn't help. Um, but they just they need to move on from a catcher, and if Kirk is hitting 320 with an 880 OPS, you can't trade him. He's younger than Jansen. He's got more cost-controlled years ahead of him, and Moreno at a certain point has to get up to the majors. Maybe you try and teach him another position. I don't know, but for now, uh, I do think they could be looking to move on from someone. That's with literally zero insider information, but they're not going to have three catchers. There's just not enough roster spots to make that justifiable. So what kind of capital could he bring in, though, Moreno? Like, does he bring in another veteran arm that you guys could use? Because, I don't know, there's not... You look around the league, it's like, do you want to take a flyer on Strasburg if he's somewhat healthy this summer? Patrick Corbin for two more years, do you want to bring that guy in? Um, I don't know. Like, what do you do if you're the Jays? Because, I mean, Barrios, as we haven't talked about yet, he hasn't been good this year. Like, it's very strange. Like, Ross Stripling, great. And then you have like Barrios and Ryu, not great. Um, I don't know what uh, what should be the thinking if you're Toronto, like if you're moving one of these three. Like I feel like Jansen would not bring in nearly the haul that Moreno would bring in, right? Yeah, I don't think he would, but I do think they value Moreno much higher in terms of not wanting to give him up. Yeah, um, I think they're looking for bullpen arms. Um, I think everyone's always looking for bullpen arms. Their bullpen has been solid. Uh, but what contending team doesn't want mm. to stash another guy that can pitch in the seventh or eighth? And I think they're looking for a left-handed bat. Um, I think it could go one of two ways. I think they could be looking for, you know, maybe an Andrew Benintendi, some sort of contact mm. bat, or an Ian Happ maybe. Uh, or they could be looking for a, a pure power left-handed bat. Like, I wonder if, you know, they don't really have a fixated DH. That's why Biggio can play so much, because they rotate everyone in and out of the DH spot, mm. which I like. But if they want a DH, you know, Josh Bell is out there if they're looking right. for someone. Um, and I'm sure there's other guys I'm forgetting that could bat from the left side and, and hit Bell for power. That would be great for them. Yeah, and even, you know, another guy that kind of mixes it. They had Corey Dickerson last year. Uh, mm. He's a solid player. Like, is he, you know, Can I interest you tickets? in an Alex Dickerson? Yeah, you, you never know. So um, I, I think they're looking for lefty bats and relievers most likely. I think they are. I know. I know we're going to get into it in a bit. I think they are betting on Barrios uh, to bounce back. Uh, so I don't think they're incredibly worried about the rotation. And Ryu, you know, if you look pre-injury, he was a lot worse than post-injury. But then he just got injured again. So I'm most worried about his health. Um, but I think with with Manoa, Kikuchi, Gosman, Stripling, uh, and then the variable of Barrios they probably feel fine enough about the starters uh, to stand pat there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what they end up doing there. What, um, 
what about uh like junior it seems like he has not drawn a lot of the same kind of buzz this year and it's he's still good you look at the numbers and everything else he's still good is it just like he's not otherworldly this year so people have kind of looked the other way and are looking at guys like kirk who just pop more and are bigger surprises but has vlad been basically what you expected this year He's been a little underwhelming. I think he would tell you that, um, that, you know, after nearly grabbing a triple crown last year and, and, you know, had an MVP season, but at the wrong time when Shohei Otani had the, probably the greatest season ever, uh, he, you know, he's come back and I'm looking at his numbers right now. He, he's doing, he's hitting well. He is an 820 OPS. That's mm. good. Like he's, you know, he's a 135 OPS plus guy. His 13 home runs are well above average uh, and his 30 RBIs are good, but he's just, not the consistent hitter that we saw last year. I mean, he hit 320 for most of last year and ended around 310. He's hitting 249 right now. And it's it's been a mix of things. They're not throwing him strikes. Like pitchers are just not throwing him anything to hit. And like you said earlier with the corner outfielders, it's easier to not throw him strikes when Teoscar Hernandez isn't hitting because then you feel better about walking Vladdy. Last year, mm. Teoscar Hernandez and the year before was the silver slugger you're not going to walk guys for a silver slugger to come up because that's a, a tough guy to go up against. So Vladdy, it's getting better. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. And it's, uh, and I think that it's, it's, you know, you can see in the last 13 games, he's hit six homers. So like, he's really starting to heat up. Uh, I'm not too worried, but no, it's been disappointing. If you were to say uh, like, has he hit as well as last year? I would say no, but will he hit close to as well as last year by the end of the year? I would bet on it because with the whole lineup kind of heating up over the last couple of weeks, you have to throw more strikes. And when he gets pitches to hit, he crushes them. He's just not getting a lot to hit right now. And he's chasing a little bit because of it. Has Springer been mostly healthy this whole year? Do you think he's fine? Yeah. And like, cause that was a big thing that people missed last year with the Jays was just how much time he met. He missed, um, so you think he's he's fine and he's someone you should count on the rest of the way? Absolutely. Uh, he has been fantastic. He's probably been their best player. Uh, hmm. he, he's second on the team in OPS, only to Kirk. Uh, he's played a, a better uh, – he does get shifted over to right sometimes late in games because he's 32 years old. But right. he's been a better center fielder than I think most would think. He's made a handful of diving catches this year. He brings a ton of power from the leadoff spot, but he still gets on base at a good clip. He's been huge. I think a lot of people were wondering why, you know, the Blue Jays lost the Cy Young Award winner and a top three MVP candidate with Ray and Simeon going out the door. Why would they be better this year than last year? And it was almost like making a trade for Springer in the fact that he just barely played last year. And now he's played 51 games. I believe that's more than he played all of last season. Yeah. Uh, and we're at the 55 game mark. Or he played 78 last year. So he's he's already approaching what he played last year. He's playing more center field this year than he did last year. Uh, and he's a big leader. This team is really, really young. He's the only 30-year-old that they play. So mm. they, they kind of need him sometimes uh, to just be an emotional leader, and he's definitely been that so far. That's interesting. Um, Gausman, why do you think he's been so good uh, in Toronto this year? What is he doing? He's just throwing his splitter until anyone decides that they can hit it. And he did get hit a little bit in his last start. Uh, so, it, you know, some have wondered, is it too much of the same pitch and maybe mixing it up? I, I wouldn't touch what he's doing personally. He 
his splitter is is arguably the best pitch in baseball. Uh, if you're just isolating a single pitch, it's absolutely unhittable. Guys know what he's doing. He throws the mm. splitter low and the fastball high, and that's almost all he does. He throws the slider a little bit, but uh, he, he's pretty much working off two pitches, and it's so unhittable that there's really not much you can do. And if you, by any means, come in contact with it, you probably just roll over or tap it off the end of the bat on the ground to one of the infielders. So it's it's near impossible to hit that pitch. He just has to make sure that guys aren't sitting on it too much or sitting on his fastball. Uh, but, you know, the, the whiff rate numbers and the opponent's batting average numbers against the splitter specifically are ridiculous. Hmm. So do you think it's something that continues the rest of the way? You think Gaussman is kind of the, like, in a scenario, like, postseason, how do you look at your top three? Who do you think it will be come October, November? Who do you think the Jays will be counting on? I think it'll be Gaussman, Manoa, Barrios. Now, hmm. Barrios has to pick it up. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's never finished with an ERA above four in his career. And hmm. he just came off a 13-strikeout game where he allowed two runs in seven innings. So, I, you know, I think Barrios can rein it in. Uh, uh, Manoa and Gosman are essentially locks. Um, and, like, Kikuchi's pitched well, but I think the eye test would tell you that Barrios is probably uh, the better option. So unless they do bring someone in, uh, I would say if they cut it down to three, it's Manoa, Gosman, Barrios. If they have a fourth starter, that, that gets interesting on, uh, you know, who they would start in game four. Uh, right now it's probably Kikuchi. Why has Matt Chapman been painfully average? Uh, bad luck a little bit. Um, mm. He's been incredible at third base, which is, um, you know, obviously people know that and it's been, it gets boring to talk about for some people, but he is a ridiculous defender. Uh, yeah, painfully average by any stretch of the imagination, though. 99 OPS plus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, his hard hit numbers are really good. That's why it's kind of hard for me to figure it out. Uh, his hard hit numbers are really good. Uh, his expected numbers are really good. He has been hitting better lately, but it, it felt like maybe he was pressing a little bit early on, like just trying to, you know, swing very hard and, and you know, get the ball out of the park a lot. And to his credit, he does have seven home runs, which is decent. But uh, it, the average is starting to come up. He sat in the 180s for a little bit. It's up to 220. So I think it's a little bit of bad luck. You know, he's still – He's still not that far removed from the hip issues and, and, you know, he's, he's seemed, he's never gone on the injured list or anything like that. I think he sat one game this year, but there's been times where it seems like he's still testing it out a little bit. So maybe still just coming back from that injury, but it's looking better. Like kind of the whole story of this Jays year is like everyone disappointed in April and now they're all getting better. So if they can do in June what they did in May, then Matt Chapman, you know, I'm not expecting him to be an 850 OPS guy. If he can, if he can hit 240 and have an OPS in the in the 750s and hit over 20 home runs, pair that with Gold Glove level defense at third. I think that's what the Blue Jays want. They want him to be an an average to above average hitter with elite level defense. Hmm. Do you think they make a big swing this summer? Do is it just bullpen help they do to? to bolster this lineup or do you think they do something else it's tough you know it's just i think they have a lot of faith in the corner outfield spots which would be kind of the only place you would make the big swing uh well if you, you moved know, on from one would it be guriel or t oscar it would be guriel um okay. and that's no slight to guriel who i who has again also hit a little bit better recently than he did to start the year for sure 
Uh, but Teoscar's a Teoscar was an All Star last year. Mm. Uh, nearly led the league in home runs in the shortened season and Silver Slugger back to back years. I don't think they're too worried about him. Um, Guriel's name at least popped up in trade rumors in the off season a little bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think if they would make a big swing, they would have to trade him like and prospects for a better outfielder mm. in their eyes. I, I think it's unlikely, though. I think hmm. they a lot of these guys came up together. I think they like the chemistry of the team. Uh, I think the biggest swing would be back-end reliever. Maybe they uh, – I'm trying to think right now and struggling to think of, like, who's a, a really good closer or a really good reliever on a, a struggling team. And, you know, like the Cubs and, and uh, David Robertson. Maybe yeah. that's – I think that's, like, the biggest swing. And I know that's not, like, headline news, but – that might be the biggest swing that I could see them making is for a guy who some are trying to get to close for them. Um, but yeah, I really, other than that, like Ben and I really think they're looking for platoon outfield at best and uh, high leverage relief would be probably their, their most noteworthy trade acquisition. We'll end on this. What uh, over the next couple of weeks are you monitoring the most closely when it comes to the Jays? Um, I think it's Jose Barrios. Like he's, you mm. know, he's still, you know, they signed him to a seven year deal that gives mm. him over 20 million a year and we are half a season into it. So for everyone freaking out about it, there's a lot and a lot of time, mm. uh, but he's kind of alternated between Jose Barrios level start and then getting absolutely blown up. So he's the guy I monitor a lot. Um, early in the season it was you know jordan romano wasn't getting very much rest what's the deal with that but they've gotten him a lot of rest now so the offense i'm not too worried about i guess vladdy too just hmm. you know can the contact get up a little bit everything he's walking a lot he's he wasn't hitting for power early he's hitting for power now can he just get the contact back up uh so vladdy and barrios but at the same time they've won a lot of games with those guys not uh playing to their best ability so that, in a way, is kind of an exciting thing going forward. If either of them start to click, uh, you know, the AL East is uh, gauntlet, but everyone else probably is is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think it's uh, for sure. Like, it's just the Red Sox, I guess we, we just still just have to wait and see what happens there this summer because, I mean, they're the Red Sox, and I could see them bouncing out of this flu. I mean, they're what, a game over 500 now, somewhere around there? I think they're two up on 500 now. Yeah. Um, so they're still, I would not completely count them out because they have pretty good, uh, preseason playoff odds and they're in a wild card spot, right? Now. Right. <laughs> there That's are what four I'm saying. AL East teams in a playoff spot right now. So they're in good company. I think the Jays are fine, which is kind of wild that you would have four teams because you would think that they're, they would beat up on each other enough where that's not a possibility, but man, that's wild. Um, well, Ben, how can the good folks keep up, uh, with your work all across the board this week? Well, thank you. Yeah, um, you guys can check out Locked On Jays on Twitter at Locked On Jays, or uh, we podcast on on pretty much all the regular platforms: Apple, po- uh, Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, uh, some other stuff, YouTube as well. And if you're a fan of minor league baseball, I uh, I broadcast for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. So if you want to check that out, um, high A affiliate of the Padres. Links are in my uh, Twitter at Ben Shulman Seven. But thank you so much, Jace. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun. It's a good logo. The tin caps. I, I like the yeah, logo. It's a good go. logo. Appreciate it's pretty it. good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ben, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to check back in again soon. Yes, sir. 
All right, that's a wrap here on part one here on the Thursday, June 9th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to part one. Uh, we still got two more parts here on this edition of the pod. So check that out here on this feed. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or get your podcast. So look out for that. New updates throughout the day on that front. So check us out, Chase Most Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. But if you did listen to today, via Apple Pods or Spotify, please, please, please make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review. It helps other people find the show and it helps other people find the show, which I just said, and uh, helps the show continue to grow. Um, so please go ahead and do that today. If you have not already done so, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Homes Podcast, like and subscribe our vids, all that good stuff. Spread the word, tell a coworker, tell a friend about the Chase Homes Podcast here on the Blue Wire Pod Network, why you like it, why you think uh, other folks might like it too. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, that will do it for part one here, but part two coming up in just one second with Fangraphs John Taylor on all things Major League Baseball. So stick around uh, here on this feed and uh, don't miss out on some great Major League Baseball content. Uh, Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.